What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Football Friday podcast by the Morning Times of Dareview. But of course, it's not Friday. You're getting this on a special Wednesday edition as we get ready for the holiday. And if you're looking for some football recaps, some news, some anything to get you ready for football this week, we got you covered. We're going to get into last week's recaps. We'll preview the upcoming games this weekend, some NFL college talk, give you all your football needs. And speaking of all your needs, Logan, tell me about the Jolly Farmer. Yeah, this podcast, the Football Friday podcast, is sponsored by the Jolly Farmer and Waverly. Hit the Jolly Farmer for all your needs for beer, for all your needs for snacks for game day. If you're up and at them in the morning, go get some donuts. I did a couple weeks ago. You heard last week on the pod how much I love them. Uh, not going to have your turkeys this Thanksgiving week, but you can probably get a lot of the other stuff there and, and definitely get the beverages you need. That's the Jolly Farmer in Waverly. Absolutely. Of course, joined as always by David Goff, Johnny Williams, Logan Hill. Let's talk football, guys. We got two teams left. Unfortunately, we lost another one. We'll start there. Troy's fantastic season comes to an end. They lose a rain-soaked battle with Southern Columbia, 14-0 at home. Logan, you were there. Talk us through it. I was there. It was. It didn't rain all week leading up to this game. And then about 3.30 Friday, it started just coming down, and it did not stop until until the game was over. And this was... Everything that I could read, everything that I could find as I was previewing, as I was preparing to go cover it, was that that this was going to be a good game. This was going to be... Troy hadn't really been tested all season. They kind of just dominated each week, whoever they were matched up against. And this was going to be the the high watermark, the test for them. And the rain, the weather did not help. It was 0-0 at the half. The field was getting muddy. By the second, I mean, I got there and I stepped immediately into a puddle. So I'm glad I wore my boots that night. But just Southern Columbia is able to go on a long rushing drive and punch one in third quarter to go up 7 nothing, And then Troy can't respond. Troy's offense in the second half kind of just went, and not something they've really done all year, but just pretty much went silent and the weather didn't help and they struggled to run the ball. And so then Southern's able to get the ball back and they go on another long touchdown drive. They're up 14 to zero with about five 30 and some change to play in the game. And that was kind of it. Troy it's, it wasn't going to be a night where Troy was going to be able to go chase points with a drop back passing attack. And Southern Columbia, um, as far as I know, has won six straight state championships at the two a level, which is a lot. And before that, I think there was a couple-year break, and they won like seven out of eight or something like that. So uh, just a historically dominant program, and they, they were the one thing in front of Troy this year. That The week before they beat Mount Carmel, I'm pretty sure, what was the number? We talked about it in here, maybe 63-0 to zero or 43-0, yeah, something, to zero, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And so Troy, they ultimately fall. Their first loss of the season comes in the biggest spot. So tough way to end what was a really, really Im- impressive year for the Trojans. Yeah, and... I mean, if there was ever an opportunity to put a live stream out, Troy nailed it. That As a guy from Waverly who wanted to watch that game but wasn't going to make the 40-minute trip to sit in the pouring rain, they had a nice little stream going on their YouTube. I, I caught Logan in his orange hat on the sideline there. <laughs> but what I noticed was Southern Columbia, I think we all thought last week the rain, the grass, the home field advantage might help Troy. It's kind of the opposite. Southern Columbia was really built for this style of game, right? Well, exactly, and that's what I said to you a little bit before we got into the, the bowels of the Morning Times today and started recording. Just what I had heard from other reporters, people that have maybe covered Troy in years past or covered Southern Columbia before said, I think any other year Troy would would want a game like this, a messy, sloppy game right. where it's going to be decided on who can 
grind out a touchdown drive first. But this year they had the athletes on the outside. They had dynamic runners. Just and the field conditions just weren't conducive to getting it done. And then Southern Columbia was able to just line up, hand it to one of their three backs coming out of the backfield. That was the most interesting thing to me. One of the most interesting things was after the game, Southern Columbia wore white. They were the away team. Quarterback, pretty much clean, still white jersey. All three running backs were that color brown that's on that uh, bookshelf back there, just like covered in mud by the end of the night. And they, like I said, they were wearing white jerseys. You could hardly even see their numbers. That's how many times they had carried the ball, been tackled. Just it was a true for it was for football sickos Friday night. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but off the top of your head, what do you what do you think Troy comes back with next season? Do you? Do you know underclassmen? Do you know an idea of what you expect to see from them in 2024? Yeah, so they, if my think back is correct from when I did the buy the numbers for them, by the way, if you can find it, get your hands on it, Friday edition, if you're a Troy Trojans fan, I did a whole page dedicated to them ahead of the district final. I was really happy with how it turned out, but I did it by the numbers. I think they had 13 seniors. So I think there was a couple on the offensive line, a couple key defenders. Um, Woodward, the quarterback, was a junior this year. If my math checks out right, so he'll be back. Right. You would you would think that he would be better. Mason Smith, Brendan Gilliland, uh, both sophomore running backs. So they figured only improve. So some skill players year, yeah. definitely coming back. Def- you'll lose Clayton Smith, who missed, he missed six games this year, but he was their leading rusher in the games that he appeared in. So yeah, he was a senior. So you'll lose him. You'll I'm sure you'll lose a couple of other pieces, but uh, even Lincoln Shimmicks, I think if he's not a sophomore, he's a junior, so he should be back for another year. You would like to think that Troy is able to take some of this and and use it towards next year, and maybe it was just heat of the moment, but Coach Jim Smith said, did say they'll be back in this game next year. I don't know if he meant the district final or he meant a playoff game against Southern Columbia, but either way, it's kind of a good place to, to shoot for going into next season. Oh, that was me. I'm making all sorts of noise today. But I wanted to show you guys my, and this is terrible podcasting, but this is what my pants look like at the end of the night at yeah, our prom park. Just dry mud, just crawling all the yeah. way up from Logan's boots to I, his knees. Yeah, I went to the Dandy Mart. No free ads. I went to the Dandy Mart, <laughs> and I didn't notice. And then I got to the office, and I looked down at my pants, and they were just caked in mud. And I was like, I feel really bad for anyone who just cleaned those floors. because Tough to watch as a fan and very fun to play in. Yeah. But fantastic coverage from you all season, Logan. And for anybody who wants to check out Logan's coverage throughout the season on the Troy Trojans, plenty of daily review back copies that you can go find yourselves and get your hands on. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do to the daily review. Again, Logan, fantastic job all season covering the Trojans and the rest of the daily review coverage area. Yeah, it was a blast. And if uh, things go well, there should be maybe a column coming out about the football season that I was able to put together earlier this week. I'm, I'm putting it through the proper editing channels, but if it gets through, you guys will be able to read it either Thanksgiving, Black Friday, maybe awesome. Saturday, one day this week. Yeah, everybody be on the lookout for that. David, the road to Syracuse begins. Tioga cruises past Dolgeville 56-12. Waverly takes care of Adirondack 49-8. Both teams now advance to Cicero North Syracuse. But before we preview this weekend's games, talk to me a little bit about what happened there in Vestal this past weekend. Let's start with the Tigers well on their way to a potential back-to-back-to-back championship. Yep, I say this every week, but Tioga just did what they keep doing. (laughs) Another dominant performance. uh, A blowout win. Uh, uh, It was a little different. In the sense that two of their touchdowns were defensive touchdowns. Shea Bailey had a 52-yard pick six, and uh, Usman, Duncanson, I, Usman? Yep. Usman Duncanson had a 26-yard scoop and score on that. So the offense didn't have to do a whole lot 
they still score six touchdowns and it was a relatively balanced attack, whereas two weeks ago, Dunkinson had 136, something like that, rushing yards. At the time, he led the team still, but with 71. So that wasn't as offensively explosive, but it was effective. But it was a rainy game, just like Logan's, but fortunately, it was on turf, and I got to be in the press box and not on the field, so it was nice. <laughs> Tale of two We're cities. We're not all built the same. <laughs> We're not all built the same. Tale of two cities there. Uh, Waverly, they take care of Adirondack 49-8. to the interesting thing that comes out to this game, not to speculate, Joey Tommaso, maybe a slight sprain, banged himself up a little bit. Yeah, we're, played most of the game, and once it got out of hand, they obviously made the decision: Hey, let's not yeah. push anything here. Let's get him off to the sideline. How how'd that game look against Adirondack? Well, we are not aware as to what that situation is right now for Tommaso. If the if maybe he's swollen up, or who knows? We have no idea what's going on this week right now. However. It was a very scary moment at that second position of the game. He got a late hit on him, a play after getting a horse collar tackle on him. So it was just a really tough sequence for the kid. And that late hit, you could tell he was in pain. He was on the ground for a few minutes. It was pretty quiet on that sideline in those seats. And uh, But even without him in the game for a couple of possessions, Waverly was still... I mean, that defensive front was awesome, stopping that run from Adirondack. And even with the... The plays immediately after the Tommaso injury, they ran three straight plays into the end zone. It was like, all right, they saw this game handled pretty easily. That's what kind of stands out to me, too. You talk about a team's composure when your star quarterback the last five years has gets nicked up and you're not really sure what's going on to come back and be able to not get rattled and push as they do. Pretty impressive. And then and Tommaso came back in the game two possessions after that injury, and he proceeded to go. He was... 10 for 12 for 150 yards. Yeah, so that's great so, news right there. Yeah, so I, his running game, who knows if that's how impacted that will be moving forward. It was certainly wasn't a, a factor last, last week because, he, because of that injury and the immediacy of that. But his throwing, still very good. And uh, I'll tell you why, Colson Keithley had a very... It's odd to say because the second play of the game, he had a 63-yard rushing touchdown. We had a relatively very quiet 143 rushing wow. yards and rushing yards in the game. Like I looked back at the stats after, like, oh, he had that many yards, and I had to like, oh, he had a 40 yard rush after that, and then the 30 yard after that too. So it was yeah. relatively quiet. 143. Yards. What number does he wear? Sorry, not to put you on the spot. 14. Okay, 14. I, I was at this game too. I went just to spectate as a fan, and um. I yeah. feel like I remember that like sweeps up the side. He was just gashing them. Yeah, the new the, the new faces for Waverly have been a fantastic fit. Xavier Watson, Colson yeah. Keithley, both balling. Watson has two touchdown catches in that game as well. So well, okay, but I want you to tell tell them about his block on Jay Piper's touchdown. You know what? I didn't see it really. Okay, I, I mentioned it, I mentioned it in the article because I, I was on the sideline. I heard like the. The, his team is going crazy over the block, but I did not see the block okay. itself. I would, can, can I talk about it? Yes. I was in the stands, yes. and um, so I was probably like 10 rows up. I just got a pretzel with some cheese and a <laughs> cup of coffee. It was cold that day. but It was. Um, Jay Pfeiffer catches a ball uh, out on the far side of the field, and he's like, open. He's got open space. He needs one block to kind of get it, and um, Xavier Watson is like squared up, like para, per- perpendicular to the sideline and just throws a great block. Like It was a block that you had to want to to make for to spring your guy. Touchdown springing block. Touchdown springing block. Nothing better. Pfeiffer's weaving up, and, and then he ended up getting a flag for, I guess, unsportsmanlike conduct. He spiked the ball. He he gave the one up in the air when he was coming in and just was like, come hey. on, let's go. But when you rush, <laughs> yeah. when you 
catch a 70-some yard touchdown. Yeah, it was in a regional championship was, game. Yeah, he, he, yeah, Piper caught the ball 10 yards on the field. And at that point, my eyes were on Piper the whole time. Yeah. I was looking at the blocking. Yeah. But then it was an 83-yard touchdown. He ran 73 yards the rest of the way. And obviously, I knew based on the sideline reaction that Watson had a lot to do with that. Yeah. So He, he sprung him. It was pretty cool to see. But yeah, Waverly, just, they, even with the worry about Tommaso during that game, Two big wins for yeah. the New York side. So let's talk about what we got in front of us. Both teams will play at Cicero North Syracuse. Tioga will play Friday at 3 p.m. Waverly will play Saturday at noon. Tioga, number one in the state in Class D. They draw the number two, Clyde Sherman Panama, out of Section 6 up near Jamestown area. That game again, 3 p.m. Should be pretty good on paper, right, yeah. David? Well, before we get into that, I forgot to shout out for the last game, Gavin Fisher, state record. Yes. State record for most uh, point-after attempts made in a season was 76. Now, well, he made it with 76. He now is 81 from the same game. Yeah, fin- So, <laughs> 81 accounting, that record's going to keep growing. From a kid in small-town New York to have the entire state's record in that category, pretty incredible, and a big shout-out to Gavin yeah. Fisher. yeah. Clyde Sherman, Panama, number two, David. This is their test. This, this is the big test, test, right? Yep. Not the final. F- this this is to go to the championship. Mm-hmm. We're into the semis, everyone. The winner will advance to the state championship in the Dome. What is the, what's the Dome called now? The JMA Wireless Dome. It's not the Carrier Dome. It's not. The JMA Wireless Dome. The JMA Wireless Dome. It's the Carrier to everybody It's the else. Carrier to everyone <laughs> That's, else. My yep. mind is blown. It, it's like Heinz Field and Acrisure Stadium. It's Heinz Field. I kind of like Acrisure Stadium. But you're a Ravens fan, so... But Acrisure's mean. fun to say. <laughs> Can't get... No free ads. <laughs> Sorry. So, so I just gave Logan the look. Uh, <laughs> David, tell me about Clyde Sherman Panama as how they stack up to Tioga. I think you checked before we came on air about points per game this season. Well, it, yeah. So CNP has ultimately dominated their competition like Tioga has this year. Mm-hmm. However, in terms of points per game, like you were asking, it's not really that comparable. Comparable Tioga has 54 points per game. CNB has 36 points per okay. game. But this past week, CNSP. I'm looking at my paper like, oh. It's easier than saying Clyde Sherman, Panama yeah. over and over. <laughs> CSP, they... They won their last game fifty to sixteen, while you know Tioga won fifty six. So both to dominated. So they dominated their state quarterfinals. Yeah, so I like that. That should stack up well. It should be very competitive. Both teams dominated opponents in a regional championship. You can't do much better than that. Big showdown there. Usually, section f- uh, four versus section six is always the big test. And of course, we get yeah. section four versus section six again in the Saturday game at noon. It's Waverly. They play Salamanca. Any tidbits on that one, David? Well, CSP. Beat Salamanca thirty-seven to six earlier this year. I don't know what that means for Waverly, but wow, that comes full circle. So Tioga beats Waverly this year by one score. CSP yeah. beats Salamanca this year. Salamanca now plays Waverly to go to the state championship. Yep. So talk about coming full circle for our coverage over the season. Yeah. But and yeah, that's a great tidbit. That's interesting. And I'm of course, like again, disclaimer this whole time about Tomasa. We don't know what's going to unfold with that. If sure. anything is going to unfold with that, but. After that game on this past Saturday, Coach Jason Miller told me, he's like, you're not going to keep Joey Tommaso out of this game. And, you know, that is after he just played in that game, but who knows, again, if things swell up or whatever. But if, let's say Tommaso is, let's say he doesn't play, or if he does play, but is just compromised and can't run the ball, you still have Keithley, you still have Pan Fravel. That's how it is. 
strong running game that showed it last week with even with the Tommaso concern. So yeah, it, it course, seems like a game that Waverly should still be. And we certainly hope they do. And both the morning times on the daily review wishes Joey Tommaso full recovery. And we hope that he's ready to go Saturday because he's had an incredible career and we want to see him cap it off. Absolutely. So let's hope to see him out there. Both of these games are going to be really fun with Tyog and Waverly. David, you'll have really both covered for us. Again, that's 3 p.m. on Friday in Cicero, North Syracuse for Tioga. It's noon on Saturday at Cicero, North Syracuse for Waverly. David's going to have us both covered. Check out his coverage Friday. He's going to write the story Friday. It'll be in Saturday's paper. Saturday's game will be in Tuesday's paper, most likely. Hopefully online on Saturday and hopefully, night, but I've had trouble with that recently, so hopefully that changes. Yeah, we're going to try to get everything out to you as soon as possible, so please subscribe to the Morning Times and get all of David's coverage. He's done a fantastic job, and hopefully his season continues past this weekend. That is it for the high school side of things, but before we get into the national side of football with college and the NFL, Logan hit us with the Jolly Farmer. This podcast, as always, is sponsored by the Jolly Farmer in Waverly. Hit the Jolly Farmer for all your needs for game day, whether that's soda, beer, pretzels, chips, donuts. Have some of the best donuts around. That's the Jolly Farmer in Waverly. As always, the Football Friday podcast is sponsored by the Jolly Farmer. All right. So, of course, special Wednesday edition, which means we're recording Tuesday. We won't have the college football playoff rankings available to us at the time of recording. So I thought, what better way to talk about college football than to try to guess what we think those are going to be. And on Wednesday, you'll all know if we're correct or not. Do we know ball? We're going to find out. The biggest thing to talk about first in regards to those rankings, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis, undefeated Florida State, top four ranked Florida State, out for the season. College football career is over due to an unfortunate injury, a nasty injury, if you were watching live. That was awful. Do Does anybody at this table believe that Florida State, when these rankings come out on Tuesday, will be in the college football playoff committee's top four? They're, they came in as number four, right? Yes. I, it, I don't know what the... It dep- I don't know what the committee is thinking, but it's hard to penalize a team that's still undefeated. I get like you shouldn't have you shouldn't penalize. It's we're just saying penalize, you can't penalize a team for an injury when you also don't know how they're going to play against Florida this week. That's that's the thing, and I think it was Danny Cannell. I think said it on the Ryan Rosillo show. I was listening to it a little bit yesterday, but they won the game, and it's not fair to withhold them because you know that they don't have their quarterback. There's still 52 other guys or however many you carry on your college roster, right, that have been a part of that undefeated start. So the the thinking is, like, don't don't disclude them from the dance just because they lost this one guy. But I think in the final rankings it could happen. And this game against Florida is huge. Well, if they, if they beat Florida and they beat Louisville in the ACC championship then why would you leave them out? There's no way you could. Yeah. I am still a believer, regardless of injury, Washington has the better resume. I, I'm, there's so, definitely an argument there, and I'm not even sure I disagree with you so on that. So Washington but. has beat number six Oregon, and they just beat number 10 Oregon State. They have two top 10 wins in the last five weeks. And if Washington were to beat Oregon and then again they in play the Pac-12 championship, Oregon again, if you is, beat yeah. number six Oregon two times in one year on top of a number 10 Oregon State, who's Florida State's best win? LSU. LSU in week one, who is now three losses and potentially four coming up against Texas A&M. Well, uh, what's what's Florida up to this year? I mean, it is an SEC team. They're they're playing for bowl eligibility. Okay, but still. So they're not even bowl eligible yet. And then you beat Louisville, like, I don't know. I'm not sure the injury matters as much as the resume. Yeah. 
if you compare Florida State's undefeated resume versus Washington's undefeated resume, I'm not sure how Florida State's number four. Well, right now. If Florida State manages to get through the ACC championship undefeated, there's certainly a debate between Washington and Florida State. And whichever way the committee goes, I don't think I'm going to be upset either way, to be honest. So basically, if you're a Florida State fan, obviously you want your team to win, but you're also a big time Oregon fan. Would we both agree that we would have at four Florida State or Washington? Yes. I, well, I'm a little curious. I'm a little curious. Who Who is your three in this scenario? Oh, my going to Ohio State. I'm going, I'm going my, if you ask me right now, my top four, and we'll go around, we'll just go around and do this. Johnny, Johnny Johnny's, giving me the, Johnny's giving me the no, not me. Not a big college football fan. That's fine. Big NFL guy. I don't know. That's why we about. got him. I don't know college ball. That's all right. Not much different from the NFL ball. I'm going one, Georgia. I don't know that ball either. <laughs> one, Georgia. Two, Michigan. Three, Ohio State. Four, Washington. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I, I would I would keep Florida anyone want to switch right any of that up. I would I would I right now and this could change even if Florida State and Washington went out. This could change by the end of the conference championship weekend. But I, right now, I would keep Florida State at number four. I I like it, and maybe I'm wrong. I think the result of the Michigan Ohio State game will play a role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If if either one of those teams wins handedly, I think you could see one the other one getting left. This will off. hopefully work itself out. Yeah. Does anyone have anyone besides George at one? No. no. They should to me they should be one until defending back to back champions. Again, the winner of Michigan Ohio State might have the number one spot. They could. But, I think it should but be. But also George is gonna end up having yeah. to play Alabama. So yeah. it should all work itself out. But that's just a little thing to get you guys started and thinking about going into this weekend's college football rivalry week. Speaking of rivalries, the big one. At noon Saturday, it's like we talked about. It's number two Ohio State versus number three Michigan. Let's just get the game. Let's just get predictions out there. Maybe the most anticipated game of this rivalry ever, and that's saying a lot. They keep saying that every year now. <laughs> but I mean, how many times is it two versus three? Oh, uh, recently, a few times. <laughs> it's it's not though. If you go back and look at the records, they've only met in the top when both were in the top five, like four times in the yeah. history of that rivalry. Like this is almost like on the verge of like a BCS title game from like back yeah. in the 2010s, like where it would just well, be one versus two. Well, 2006 was one versus two between Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, I and that. 2016 was good. And then yeah. last year, like yeah. I said, it's only, it's actually only like a handful of times. I got it. But it's two recent. versus three is as big as it's gotten all season. It'll mean a huge, it'll play a huge role in how the playoff rankings turn out. At the end of the day, this game's at Ann Arbor. Let's talk about who we got. I actually think Ohio State's going to win this football game. I'm not sure J.J. McCarthy is as good as people had hoped he would be. I think that's gotten hidden a little bit with some of the teams they've played. They didn't even have him throw the ball in the second half of the Penn State game. He played an entire half of football without throwing the ball. I don't know what, how you look at that, whether that's just imposing your will or something was compromised. You're not going to do that against Ohio State. And no harb on the sideline regardless of whether you think it matters or not. Distractions are distractions. Don't tell me that all those kids aren't thinking about it. You don't need any more distractions when you're playing a team like Ohio State. It's got to be all in, as dialed in as possible. And this Ohio State team, I think their defense, while well, maybe not quite as good, is right there. It's 1A, 1B. Michigan and Ohio State have seemed to have the same exact season this year. And just in the play on the field, like strong defenses, offenses yep. that aren't exactly explosive. So it's it's hard. I'm and one guy's it. got Marvin Harrison Jr. and one team doesn't. That's also very very true. <laughs> I'll. That said, I'm picking Michigan. With okay. Big house. One Ohio State, one Michigan. Logan, break the tie. Buckeyes. There we go. And 
here's why. Michigan played Maryland last week, only beat them by a touchdown. It was in College Park. No hardball. I, I agree with a lot of what you had to say, Kirk, is at some level, distractions are distractions. What is J.J. McCarthy? I trust Marvin Harrison Jr. more than I trust anybody on Michigan's offense. Same. So I just, and if both defenses show up and then show out and play, that might be, it might come down to one play like that, but it might not. But I think Ohio State has just reveled in this idea that nobody believes in them this year without all the scandal behind them that's also encircling Michigan. So I think it should be a great game. I do too. Does anyone see this any chance of a blowout? I think both teams play too good a defense. Yeah, I think it's going to be low scoring. Yeah, I think we get a low scoring one. And like I said, how many times does Ohio State get to come into the Michigan game really not even talked about? Yeah. Everything just, is Michigan the under, related. Under the radar, good team all that, year from the word it, go. Well, they had 10 straight wins, something like that over to Michigan until recently. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was going to say is when Michigan was able to beat them, it was because they ran the ball yeah. all over them. So if Michigan's able to get that done again, if Ohio State defensively can't win in the trenches, that's the way Michigan wins this game. Yeah. But if they force it onto the shoulders of J.J. McCarthy, I think you like the spot you're in with Kyle McCord on the other side. That's the big one I got. That's at noon on Saturday. Of course, it's rivalry. There's a bunch of other good ones. The Iron Bowl is Saturday. Maryland and Rutgers. Maryland and Rutgers <laughs> is a gigantic tilt. I don't even know who Temple's playing. <laughs> Everyone loves rivalry week, whether you're following rankings or not. It's good to see those teams get after it. Tradition, always competitive, no matter where each team stands throughout the season. So check out a lot of good college football this weekend. Let's talk the pros, though. Let's get everyone set up for their Thanksgiving, for Black Friday, for Sunday. A lot of good games, a lot to talk about. The big news locally, though, as of today, offense coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada. A lot of the fans got what they wanted. He's out. Matt Canada fired. I didn't see, did anyone see who will be taking over play calling duties? I didn't get that information. I just got the Canada firing before we went on. Good uh, thing or bad thing for Pittsburgh? I think it's probably a good thing, even though I still, th- I think they have a, the root of their problem is probably a quarterback issue. Yeah. Not saying Canada really did him any favors, but I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to be your guy. I, and but at some point you got to do something, right? I mean, like, Kenny Pickett is not their offense as a whole, not even just Kenny. I'm kind of singling him out, and that's not fair to him. But they're just not, there's you got to go out there and be able to score points. Their defense keeps them in games. Tomlin somehow keeps them in games, and just to watch the offense just not do anything. Running backs coach Eddie Faulkner okay. will take over play calling duties. That could be interesting in the fact that running backs coach maybe. I'm think- sorry, he'll be offensive coordinator duties, but quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan will take the bulk of the play calling responsibilities. Oh, that's from Adam that Schefter. takes away my point. Yeah. I was just about to say running backs coach, maybe they get away from picket, get run heavy, but if it's the, the QB thing. coach, yeah. we'll see how much he knows about his quarterback and what they decide to do. So this was also from Schefter. History today in Pittsburgh, when the Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada, it marked the first time they have made an in-season coaching change since 1941. Oh, wow. The last wow. time the Steelers fired a head coach coordinator mid-season was 1941 when the team's half-owner, Burt Bell, fired himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he quit. So it's never really happened. <laughs> no. I'm interested to see it. They're going to get the Bengals in Cincinnati this weekend, a big divisional game. We'll see how much different that offense looks. Not a lot of time to really make too many changes and get prepared for what you're going to be looking like the rest of the year. But nevertheless, keep an eye on that game and see what Pittsburgh looks like compared with Canada. How do Logan, how do you feel about that as a division rival 
in that? Does like the Mac can did you want Mac Canada to stick around? Or are you kind of like you're like all right, the wheels have fallen off, so like we're cruising? How from a Ravens fans perspective, how do you feel about that? So it's funny you should ask me because <laughs> I have a complicated history with Matt Canada. <laughs> because Maryland. before he was with the Steelers, he was the Maryland offensive coordinator, and a lot of the same things that Steelers fans have griped about, I got to see first. Those <laughs> endless jet sweeps. I got to see first. It was terrible then. It doesn't work now. I don't know. I I think we've talked about all year how Pittsburgh just ultimately top to bottom is not a great roster. They have a great defense. Yeah. They just have too many question marks offensively. And it's not like they're, they're like when the bills can Dorsey a couple, what was that? Two weeks ago. Now Joe Brady's a name you've heard before. Sure. These aren't guys we've heard from before. I don't know what the expectation is. If the Steelers want to be playing meaningful football down the stretch here, it starts with getting Jalen Warren involved early and often. He had a long touchdown run in that game on Sunday, and then I think I read somewhere he had maybe two touches afterwards, if it was even two. But just like using what works instead of trying to fit a square piece into a round hole. Absolutely. All right, that's really only the news we got for you. Let's hit some segments. The first Thanksgiving being tomorrow on Thursday. We want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your loved ones, your friends, your family. Watch football. Eat good. But what are we most thankful about so far this season in the NFL? I'll start. Get us rolling. I am thankful that this is the last weekend before the Bills get a bye. Because this team, <laughs> All is, business. This team is really hurt. They're trying to implement a new offensive style with a new coordinator. If there's any team that needs the buy in the NFL right now, it's the Bills to get healthy, to make the changes stick, and to come back fresh for the long run of what is some really tough scheduling. Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins again, et cetera, et cetera, to try to get in this wild card round of the playoffs. I'm thankful last weekend before the Bills get some time off and some much needed time off. David, most thankful for so far in the NFL season. <laughs> This is not necessarily a season thing, but I'm just thankful that the Eagles organization has been pretty relevant my entire life. There's only been a couple of years at a time where they're just Flex. a bad football team. We're going big picture here. I know, but I just... Jeffrey Lurie is a really good owner to have for a football team. He's... Jeffrey Lurie is just a great owner to have for a football team. First of all, he's a good dude. Like He does a lot of stuff with the autism. His autism foundation is really awesome. And then... The way he just does business for the Eagles and just he doesn't the culture of the franchise is just really healthy and it's nice to have. Looks good last yeah. night. Yeah, they did. Recording on Tuesday, Eagles big win over the Chiefs. We'll let you segue to that a little bit. How what do you think? I, I don't know what to think for I about think three the, and a half. Quarters. I think a lot of people think they should have lost by twenty and won by four. Well when they were down ten, it felt it felt like they were down thirty. And then they get within a touchdown. I'm like, oh, they're, they're down 30. Holy crap. And uh, it's just, I don't know that I've seen, like football teams love to pride themselves on toughness and like physically tough, mentally tough. I don't know that I've seen a me- more mentally tough team than the Eagles team. Did that win or? Can I ask you why? What makes them so mentally tough in your mind? Because they haven't, they just haven't played a good okay. game this year. And they're finding ways to win. They're like, Hurts, for instance, he's the last seven times Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were down by 10 points, they've won the game. 
You're looking at me funny here. I'm say they, it again. They, they, the Eagles have been that the last Jalen Hurts. I can't even say this. How many times now? <laughs> the last seven times the Eagles were down ten points with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. The Eagles have come back to win the football game. And, and what happened that eighth time? That's what I'm trying to figure out in my mind. <laughs> was that <laughs> the, was that the Super Bowl? No. Okay, just checking. They weren't down, but they weren't down ten points in okay, that game. Just checking. Okay. They were up checking. ten points in that game. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I understand. I'm it's back from behind. You. I'm here. You understand what I'm saying? I'm here. I got you. <laughs> they don't. They I was just was making sure that stat wasn't catered around. No. Okay. It's not. It's, it's not a. It's not, pick, it's not right. a pick'em stat. It's like the Eels when they struggle have found a way. They they found a way to not panic and get themselves back in the game, and that's what happened last night against the Chiefs. And like hurts. It's weird that he's like he's favored the one the MVP now all of a sudden and he hasn't had a great season and like last night for instance it's funny that he is the favorite because he wasn't great last night but he he finds a way to make a play to get the Eagles a chance to win the game. That might have something to do with the fact that it's become a little bit of a team award, maybe more so now than ever. Yeah. And the Eagles have yeah. the best record, and right? So. I, I, like I personally, there's no runaway right now either. Yeah, I was I was, I, and I don't even know that I would like if I had a vote. I don't think I would vote Hurts for MVP. But like, I get why you didn't get your MVP voting package in the mail this year. <laughs> I got mine. But like, but, you know. no. So, oh man, what was my, no, no. I, I hate to give Tom Brady credit, but he kind of had a quote the other day. There was like, everybody's kind of down this year, right? So that's why you don't have a clear cut. Yeah. When when Lamar won MVP, clear cut. When Mahomes wins MVP, it's easy. Who who is who is that? I mean, I know we'll get into that later, but like. Like there's no one out there who's really separating themselves from the pack, so you got to someone's got to win it, and I don't blame I don't blame anybody yeah. for putting the quarterback of the statistically best or record wise best team in the NFL at the it, top it, of the list. It was it was just funny last night because for two and a half quarters, I'm just mad watching the game. Like, what are we doing? I, that I, doesn't I, sound like I, you. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of the play calling from. I, I would take Ken Dorsey, maybe Matt Canada over Brian Easy. Johnson. He said Matt Canada over. <laughs> your team is nine and one. And he's like bringing Matt Canada. I, right. I'm, jo- I'm pretty much joking about that, but I but am sick. Of, half serious. I, I'm sick of the quarterback draws and the screening plays. It was just, it was driving me nuts. And I was t- obviously too blinded by my Eagles glasses. To like, Oh wait a minute. The Chiefs aren't playing well either. So Man, it was, they were not. The, and, the Eagles will get Buffalo on Sunday. Yep. Logan. So far, this NFL season, most thankful for. I am most thankful for Odell Beckham Jr. Interesting. Ooh, I had a couple places I could have gone with this. I could have gone with Lamar. He's. I could have said Lamar's health. Right, he's been healthy so far. Not going. Yeah, exactly. Lamar's contract. Came close last. Lamar's week. contract. That was always going to get done. Glad to be thankful it did. Pan Thursday games. I, oh, I am thankful it did. It was always going to get done though. There was only like fifty percent of me that was worried it might not happen, <laughs> which I wouldn't say is a lot, but. Um, yeah, that would have been terrible if he was playing anywhere else but Baltimore this year. Um, and we had to trot out, don't get me wrong, Tyler Huntley's a Pro Bowl quarterback, but <laughs> I, I couldn't sign up for an entire season of just... So why Odell, though? Because he brought a culture to this this Ravens offense. A swagger, maybe, a is swag. the right word. I thought okay. that's where Swagger go. is maybe the right word. Culture it's, wasn't. Yeah, not culture. <laughs> the culture's already there. Um... But swag is a good answer. I oh, like he that. Made, he made the Ravens cool. Yeah, but that and that's culture too. I don't think culture is necessarily the wrong word. They already have a, an ingrained culture in similar to a lot of the nods of the Eagles that you mentioned, David. Yeah. Just they yeah. they every year they they kind of know who they are and who they want to be, and they needed a guy that had that flash, that had that charisma, that had that celebrity kind of personality, and 
Yeah. And then I have an argument with, with my fellow friends back home who watch the Ravens. Just my one, he doesn't understand why they have Odell. Like we're paying him all this money. It, he doesn't, we being the Ravens, the Ravens are paying him all this money. He's not going to be in a thousand yard receiver, but it's about more than that to me. It's about one, a guy that you can trust to break a touchdown, to catch a slant and just run 45 yards for a touchdown. But also, like I said, just be that, be that superstar. And even like, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Stefan Diggs, like having a diva, you walk a thin line, yep. but when it's working, it's working. And the Ravens ha- are as of today, number one seed in the AFC heading into this week. So yeah. And I mean, Lamar, Zay flowers, Odell, Beckham, the Ravens are cool. Yeah. If, if you're, yeah. if you're a young watcher or a young viewer and you want to get into football, you know who I might tell you to turn on, go, go watch the Baltimore I Ravens. Think, I think the Eagles and Ravens have two of the top, three, four cultures in the NFL. To your point, Kirk, not to take away, I agree with you, David, but um, I've lived up here now eight months, nine months, and I've seen two occasions where I've seen kids wearing Lamar Jackson jerseys. At the Waverly game on Saturday, there was a kid with a Ravens hoodie. It's just like, this is prime Eagles, Steelers, Bills, Jets, Giants. Like, Ravens isn't only a short list. You're not seeing Ravens generally around here. So so just to see that, it means that, like, that's had an impact, and you wouldn't have seen kids ten years ago up here wearing a Joe Flacco jersey. No, and I don't. I don't <laughs> just, it's, he was a great quarterback. He won the Super Bowl. Had a, one of the greatest postseason runs ever. But he just doesn't have the same draw that Lamar Jackson has. Well, and then to add Odell to that. Helps. To that point, if you're a young kid, wherever you go out to, the, if they don't have the Lamar Jackson jersey in, and you're Ravens, you're you're grabbing the Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. Yeah, probably. I I gotta say, it's quite a turnaround for for from for, for Odell to be kind of there for his presence when he was yeah. almost run yeah. out of New York because of his presence. No question. You know what I mean? So, hey, good for him. The things that age can change. <laughs> well, let's hear what's good for you, Johnny. Thankful this so far this season in the NFL. Well, first of all, I, I'm hap- I'm thankful I get to do this podcast with you guys. So, Absolutely. hats off, good. gentlemen. Hey, uh, back to <laughs> Logan's not here for the mushy stuff. Uh, I'm thankful for wait is it Taylor Swift? Brock, Brock Purdy? Take back everything I just said about being thankful for this podcast. You guys just suck. Um, I like the... I'm thankful for like the... Cha- I guess the changing of the guard per se This we're kind of seeing this season. You don't have the typical like... I know Aaron Rodgers is her and that, that sucks. You don't want to see that. But you're like, you're seeing CJ Stroud become a star before our eyes. Maybe the Houston Texans look good. The Jaguars are good. The Lions are good. The mm-hmm. Browns are good. Like no runaway I, MVP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, yeah it, the, the MVP race is a, is a pick em. You don't know who, who's going to be the parody is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I typically hate parody because I like when teams are good, but I just like seeing the change. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like we're not seeing the chiefs aren't running away with it. The Patriots reign has finally come to an end. Like yeah. all that stuff where it's previous just like, good teams, like the bills and Bengals are straddling the line. Like, yeah. What's it's just like, all right. So we're like, it's just, it's not always like good football. There's a lot of fl- sloppy football being played, but everybody's in it and it makes it fun. I love it. Before we do our awards, I have a kind of random one that's been like in Baltimore discourse this week that I'm, I'm curious. And I'm going to ask you, Kirk, because I don't feel that I can ask you two first. I need to ask Kirk first. Okay. See, I can't be unbiased. No, it's I don't think you will be able to about this. When I when I say to you the phrase the bank, where oh. are you thinking about? That, oh, that's a good question, fair point. And I, that's why I couldn't ask my you guys. account on FanDuel. <laughs> uh, gamble responsibly. Please gamble responsibly. One eight hundred gambler. If you have a problem, 
I, I almost uh, I almost tweeted at you when I saw you say the bank. I was like, it's just funny because we have two different the banks. Yeah, no, that's but, that's his point. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the Baltimore's is, is the bank <laughs> like, originally. Is. There's an NFL bank and then there's a okay. baseball bank. <laughs> no, yeah, but when you just hear the bank. I think of the NFL. I think of Baltimore. To be fair, I don't call the Citizens Bank Park the bank. I call the Lincoln Financial Field the link, but I don't call Citizens Bank Park mm. the bank. I would agree with that. I was just curious. Yeah. I was curious, and I knew that I wanted to ask you because you, know, you guys are fair. you guys that's are Phillies fans. Yeah, so. that's fair. If you think, yeah, when you hear the bank, the first thing I think of is the NFL in Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, first, I, was, I was just curious. I was curious stadium, for this like, room. To right your here. point, the first stadium I think of in Philadelphia is the link. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and so I like Bryce Harper. Always refers to CBP. Well, I say CBP way more than anything else, but he yeah, always. But that's why the bank is yeah. Baltimore. I mean, like, I mean, I'm just curious. Always says the bank, but that, it's, that's actually it's really been interesting. in like Twitter yeah. circles and stuff yeah. like that. The other one that's been going around, which I don't, um, I don't see, not necessarily that they don't have their claim, but the whole idea of the birds, but. <laughs> Phillies, the Eagles are the bird. That's just been, but I also think I would, people say that about the Orioles also, more so than they say it about the Ravens. Say, is it a regional thing? Like you're up here, so the birds are the Eagles. Yeah. If you're well, down the in Falcons Baltimore, the, the dirty birds. birds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're down in Baltimore, the yeah, birds just, are the Orioles or the Ravens. It's a discourse right? over like where it started, who started it first, or like the spelling out. Like at Ravens games, they spell R A V E N S. I think the Eagles yeah, so probably do something similar. Yeah, the, the, bank is, yeah, yeah. the bank is Baltimore. Go Birds is Philadelphia. I, I agree. Yeah, I now I say go birds when I'm talking about the Ravens, but that's just because it's more fun. Yeah, like the other one I've heard is like go Vens, don't like which it. I yeah. hate. Yeah. I hate that's that bad. One. Circle the wagons. <laughs> All right, <laughs> hit me with it. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we are not quite midseason. We're a little past it, but we're going to use this as a Thanksgiving break awards. We didn't get to our awards last week because we ran a little long. Wanted to get you guys out of there. We're going to start with. The coach of the year. And we got a few candidates for each of these. Obviously, if some of you listening have different ideas, talk about it with your friends, talk about it with your family over Thanksgiving dinner. Hit me with coach of the year candidates, Johnny. And let's see if we can talk through this. So the ones I wrote down for this, and you can feel free to say other. It does not matter. I have D'Amico Ryans for the Texans. I have Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings just because of what he's done with the quarterback situation and made, made them contenders. Uh, Dan Campbell, of course. How could you not have Dan Campbell? And a little bit of maybe of a, of a dark horse here. Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, okay. despite like their quarterback carousel, and but they're seven and three. I'm curious why what yeah. your what what the boys say about first that. vote, David. I would I would vote for Ryan. Uh, Ryan's Ryan. Ryan's with an S. Yeah. Ryan's. Yeah. I. I mean, it's such a quick. It, it's like it's a lot like. Dable with the Giants last year. Just a very quick turnaround playoff team, supposedly a playoff team at this point in the mm-hmm. season. So I, it just, it's quick. I, although I will say, I wasn't thinking about Kevin O'Connell until we mentioned it earlier before the podcast. Yeah. But like, not only is the quarterback situation, they're like getting around that, but they had a bad start to the year. And Justin even, Jefferson hasn't played. No yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. Calvin Cook, Adam Thielen, gone. And, and they had a bad start to the year. And even before those injuries really piled up on them, they were starting to win games. Mm-hmm. So I like it, but I, yeah, Ryan's would be my, before favorite. we move on to Logan, I know you want to make the case. I make the case, not, not the case for him to win, <laughs> not the case for him to win. Coach make of the, the year. case for his candidacy. Nick Sirianni <laughs> has had the Eagles as the best record in the NFL for make the case. I'm, I'm waiting for him Don't. to stop laughing into the mic. <laughs> This is the best bit the, on this pod. The Philadelphia Eagles are 
twenty have had the best record in the NFL for twenty nine straight weeks. Sirianni is a very, very, very good coach and deserves the candidacy. Both, both facts. Howie Roseman, GM of the year. Sure, That's very my big, counterpoint. Very good possibility. <clears throat> Logan, would you like to rebuttal that, or would you like to just no, give your coach no, of the year? No, I mean those are both valid points. It's just funny to me. Also, rivalry of the year: Philly Dave versus. Be more low. <laughs> it's ridiculous because it's, it's a it's, great. I'm not as rivalry. over the top as Logan likes to make it seem. It's good so. for the pod. <laughs> Give me your coach. He, he's pretty darn close. Though. Give me your coach of the year. Um, I, looking at this list that Johnny gave us, D'Amico Ryan's feels like the right pick. Right? Does that make yeah. sense? Just because, like you said, David, just the turnaround that the Texans had—they weren't expecting to do yeah. what they're doing this year. Yep. I think. And I think Stefanski, if the Browns hold on and, and end up with that one seed somehow, some way, end up with the top three seed, he's got just as good of a case as any. I think it has to be Dan Campbell. I think it has to be. Wow. The, I think the reason we're not thinking that is because they were so hyped coming into the season. They yeah. weren't like a team that, like the Texans who kind of caught everybody's eye once the season already began, is this was the moment the Lions were kind of trending towards. But it's the Detroit Lions, and they're eight and two playing on Thanksgiving. Does this week. anyone else want to run through a wall when they hear Dan Campbell's post game locker room speeches? Because <laughs> right. I do. He's that a football guy. He's a he's a football guy. He's a players coach. I don't think he's really ever going to be considered an X's and O's guy, no. a big strategist. But that guy is is a leader of men. He knows how to motivate his players. He's done a fantastic job. I think it's a great pick. I'm going to jump in front of you, Johnny, so you can cap us off. I think. Normally with these, when you have candidates, you try to walk yourself through. Sometimes you just can't be too cute. I think it's D'Amico Ryans. We're that, gonna, team, that team stunk last year, and they are well on their way to potentially making the playoffs with a candidate for not just Rookie of the Year, but maybe even MVP. Only one game out of the division. One game out. Of, yeah. Might even win the division over yeah, everyone's shoe in the Jaguars. Yeah, because they already beat the Jags once, so they're already like kind of like up on them as far as tiebreakers go. Uh, nobody saw this coming. It's been a fantastic job. It's been a fantastic turnaround. They're way ahead of schedule. And Dan Campbell's awesome. A lot of people thought the Lions were going to be awesome. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings is a, as we've talked through it here, yeah, no Jefferson, no Cousins, traded Thielen, Dalvin Cook's gone. And somehow, even with an 0-3 start, 1-3, 1-4, well, something. They avoided, they avoided 0-3 with a, beating the Chargers. They're now over 500 and the last seed in the playoffs. He gets my probably yeah. my second one. But I mean, this may be the most competitive award we have. They were they were a play away from being seven and four after Sunday. Absolutely, night. yeah. yeah. Um, Johnny, finish it off for rookie coach of the year. See, I came into this with with D'Amico Ryan's as as my guy, but it was something David just said that kind of made me change my mind and go with Logan on this one for Dan Campbell. When he's when you kind of compare him to, to Brian Dable, D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, yeah. Does that that would imply not imply, but does that it runs the risk of them being a flash in the pan? Because look at the Giants this year. It's kind of like insane that Dable would win the coach of the year after the year they've had this year. I know like hindsight's twenty twenty and all that. So that's why I'm like, all right, Dan Campbell came in and improved the Lions last year. And instead of regressing, they've actually gotten even better. So I'm like, it's more of a, it's a stronger foundation. You know what I mean? It's kind of speaking yeah. abstract. So you don't, you don't vote for the coach of the year based on what they might I be understand doing that. I understand that. It's just so like th- what you're saying is they weren't catching anybody by surprise this year and they've still rattled off eight wins. Yeah, they're still like one of the best where, teams in the NFL. Where it was like the Dan Giants Campbell the went year with before. The, well, yeah, they came out of nowhere. No one expected them to be good. It was a flash in the pan. Now they stink again. Houston, if they come back next year and are still very good and build up on it, 
definitely. Like that's awesome for them. But for right now, I'm, that's what kind of where I, where, where I lean with it. Give me Dan Campbell. So right out of the gate, we're split. Yeah. I think it's a tight race, but it's I think great those race. should be the two names. And then I think those other two you gave us are probably so right there since in the it's three, split, four. We got to break tight. Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings gets it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, Stefanski. We didn't even oh, talk. We, we gave him a dark horse. If, if we gave a dark horse candidacy and never talked about it. The Browns are seven and three. And as with no, David, with no quarterback, as David pointed out Monday night, half game out of first place, um, <laughs> of the first seed of the first seed. That's what I mean. That's yeah. A, that's yeah. A, that's which is a big deal. Pretty, so, no, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Who's in the insane. first seed? In Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you, David. <laughs> Eagles won. Man, the Ravens get to be the first seed this I, week. I, I like I fun. said, I didn't tweet that in, in deference to the Ravens. It was I was just making sure. This pod swept last weekend, right? Yes, we did. Yes, boys. We know ball. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Kirk. We won't, uh, we won't be there for long. Rookie of the year, guys. Johnny, hit me with the candidates. Rookie of the year, easy ones out of the gate. CJ Stroud, Puka Nukua. After that, I think the drop-off yeah. is pretty significant. You have Jameer Gibbs, Zay Flowers, Bijan Robinson, I Addison. think we can breeze through this one, right? Stroud. It's Stroud. Puka Nakua. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be CJ yeah. Stroud. It's, yeah. When we're, what, Stroud we're is the reason it. why Ryan's might win the coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. honestly. Like... Maybe that turns into another to our Derek and Bill Bell check Tom Brady combination, but that, we'll see no, how that goes. No, don't say that. <laughs> they, yeah, they don't cheat. <laughs> Defensive player of the year candidates. Um, a lot of pass rushers on this list, but I threw in Sauce Gardner just to keep everybody honest. Uh, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Max Crosby. Uh, anybody else you guys want to throw out there? I'll start this one. Go ahead. I'm going T.J. Watt. I think it's the only reason the Pittsburgh Steelers are relevant right now other than firings and bad coaching and a uh, pretty bad roster. T.J. Watt is a machine. I think he passed his brother this year in quickest to X amount of sacks. And again, they're over 500. They're competing for the division with an offense that is pedestrian, a bad roster, a fired offensive coordinator, and a coach that a lot of the city wants out regardless of record. T.J. Watt's done it all for them. And I think that, that he... Defense player of the year for me. In that same vein, that's why I think it could be Miles Garrett. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. If that defense Fair. finishes the year as highly ranked as they've been all season, if they finish with a good postseason spot, he he is, if you were to look up the term game wrecker in a dictionary, it very well might be a picture of him. If it's not Aaron Donald, <laughs> if it's not TJ Watt, but I just think what Miles Garrett is doing, especially without the history that the Steelers have to lean on. Not that that makes any difference on Sundays necessarily, but yeah. he's just, he's been otherworldly. Absolutely. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with Logan. I was going to pick Garrett. And for the same reason, side note about Garrett, did you guys see him pick up the Steeler helmet? It on was Sunday. Yeah. And the Steeler guy was, like, was like, nope, do take, <laughs> give me that. But he jokingly grabbed it and then yeah. they kind of patted each it other. Was, that was great. I yeah. saw it being compared to like the green goblin mask, like yeah. in Spider-Man. That was great. <laughs> yeah. That was a great clip. So funny. Johnny, who uh, do you got? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll pick TJ Watt just to main, just to make it split because to me they both they're on the they're on the same playing like they're on the same wavelength they're on the same other league. good race yeah mm -hmm. it's tight. I well, would not be mad if have, either one of them won it right now. Garrett would have the upper hand because they just beat them to be a game ahead of them. True. So I think also outside looking in. Daniil Hunter for the Vikings, I believe, leads the NFL in sacks. I think so. I was going to have another outside looking in. 
and I might get the name wrong, Johnny Deron Bland. I'm so glad you brought Deron oh, Bland up. That you that. He, should, he should be getting some some talk. Right? He should oh, yeah, be getting should. some talk because he's tied the NFL record for most pick sixes in a season already. He Four, should be ahead right? of. So I didn't want to bring him up just because no, that would be biased. I was, I was thinking about it. Okay, yeah. but yeah, he, we could th- we could throw that name out. I'm going to call Farron. I think he should actually be in the candidacy instead of Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah. especially, too, considering that he wasn't supposed to be the top guy, Trayvon Diggs goes down. Yeah, and he yeah. basically replaced Trayvon Diggs. He was kind of always the slot corner, so he's on the field a lot well, already. But And he's a yeah. ball hawk. He's not just making the interceptions. He's creating afterwards, yeah, which you just slayed, don't yeah. see a lot throughout the NFL anymore. Yeah, because that's like a guy like Geno Stone on the Ravens. He might not be leading anymore, but was leading the NFL in interceptions. But he is not. He hasn't returned any for touchdowns. Uh, that's a big part. Plans literally turning turnovers into points. Yeah, if you could do that without your offense even stepping on the field, that's all right. That I like out. We're split again, which is good. It means we got some really tight races coming down and a lot to look forward to the rest of the season. Let's see what we get with offensive player of the year, Johnny. Who do you got? So the two leading candidates easily that I have are Tyree Kill and Christian McCaffrey. I'm open to other names. My bias coming in would be CeeDee Lamb. David's bias, of course, would be AJ Brown. Like it's, is there it's Tyreek Hill. It's yeah. Tyreek Hill. Okay. That's what I would say. It seems pretty after those two names, I can't really. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Tyreek is just unless he has like a four week span where he makes three total catches for like less than fifty yards. There's no way it's like, not his award to lose. Yeah, the pace he's setting and what he's done in the first half of the season and, is it's unheard of. It's record breaking. Have so. we asked this question two weeks ago at like the actual midpoint of the season? AJ Brown might actually be an actual answer to that because that was coming off six straight weeks of 125 yard. Yeah, that yards. was a record but, too. I think the, both he had, had one catch for eight yards yesterday, which kind of just takes him out of that. Yeah, so a lot of good receiving records going down so far this season. I think. If you're going to get a receiving award, it's going to be an offensive player of the year. I don't think it's going to translate to the MVP. It's a quarterback award. Mm-hmm. I would have put Tyreek Hill in the candidacy for MVP. Again, what he's done, it's record setting. He's going to, at the end of the season, it'll be record, certainly record breaking in a lot of different categories. Mm-hmm. But I think we give him, that's a unanimous player of the year. I think so. Offensive. Yeah. No, I take Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> really? Yeah, I take Christian oh. McCaffrey. He's made everybody think Brock Purdy's a decent quarterback. <laughs> Wait a second. And they he gets so many touches. I feel like that offense is run through Christian McCaffrey. At least Tyree Kill, you have a, an assortment. Brent Rand, those other guys get I was get about to say. You're getting into because tricky. Of Tyree <laughs> Debo, right Samuel, Kittle, Ayuk. Uh, the Niners are Mr. Waddle. I mean, to, uh, the, like, the, the Niners stop. aren't. You guys are without. having a guy off right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating this weekend. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Are you? <laughs> I can't. With this I guy. love this. Yeah, and, no, I seriously though. I I I will be the lone guy to take Christian McCaffrey. Up it, well, That's up fine. until a week ago, he had what a touchdown in every single game yeah. so far this season. Yeah, and then like, back and to then, last season, then McCaffrey so. gets hurt, and that and Niners all of a sudden start losing games. So and put, then he comes back, and they hang forty again. We just put Raheem Mostert in the same category as Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Mostert's been going off. Really, he gave me some really good fantasy if, games. <laughs> yeah, when A Chain's back, he's not even going to be involved. He's, he's well, he came back good. this week and he went right he's back right out. Back or out. Yeah. Let's go with. Oh, that's a, a low key coach of the year candidate, Mike McDaniel. He won't. They I haven't beat a good team yet. He I love that's Mike fair. McDaniel, though. I li- I, he's, he's very fun. awesome. <laughs> they haven't beat a good team yet. He won't win it. Once no. it starts, once it starts <laughs> snowing, that's the end of the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm off my soapbox. We can move on. Before, MVP. Oh, I forgot. Anything unanimous here, jump out. No, it's definitely not. We've talked about all podcasts. This is, there's no runaway. Um, You could go any different way here. 
I wanted to. Bring I didn't up. mention it earlier because I don't want to sound like the homer that I can be. Sometimes I think if the Ravens continue their trajectory, Lamar will have a good shot mm-hmm. at winning his second MVP I award. Agree. Yeah, he hasn't necessarily done it. like Gus Edwards has like ten touchdowns this year. Like so, he hasn't necessarily translated in the statistical category, but he he is. And and maybe that's even incorrect to say because some of his passing numbers have been the best they've ever been. He's looked as comfortable, arguably, as he's ever been operating the offense at the NFL level out there just with the new system under Todd Munkin. And well, what a helps full year healthy. nobody, none of these candidates are really dominating any, any statistical mm-hmm. category. It kind of helps him this season. That's kind of that's what I was going to bring up. So obviously, like we, we talked about before, Hertz has become the front runner. Mahomes is, all, is obviously always going to be in there. But the MVP race... You take your picks. Sam Howell leads the league in yards. No one's picking him. C.J. Stroud is second in yards. No one's picking. No one's. Well, he well, dark no. horse. He dark horse votes, but he won't. He won't think he'll be able to win it. Josh Allen, the turnover machine, leads the league in touchdowns. Like take. I think it's, two. It's, are, it's not even close. Purdy leads the league in, in quarterback rating. So I like, would, it's all over the board. Take your pick who on leads who leads in quarterback rating. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm not thankful for this pod anymore. (laughs) Yeah, the MVP, I don't even know if we can find. We're not going to be unanimous. There's so many people you go with. I I, will jump on Logan's wagon a little bit. No one's going to be unanimous, but no one's going to be like, this guy. No one's going to stand on the table for this guy. Well, it's funny because like, Again, hurt me being the Eagles fan that I am. Hurts being the front runner is just—he is the it, best odds right now to an MVP. See it. He's been good, and like I, I'm very happy he's the quarterback on my team. But like I just yeah, like he leads the league in one yard runs. Leads <laughs> <laughs> league in yeah, first Yeah, I down. guess that's a that's a part of it too. Is it is. is that play is because he can squat so many pounds? Like you 600 mentioned, six hundred. That's pounds. part of it. No, I mean, and and like we said, is if the Eagles finish with one or two losses this yeah. season and yeah. far and away the number one seed. I, but I would make a case to say, I've watched a couple of Eagles games this year. I haven't watched every game, but he's not their best player on the field game. And not that he's no. amongst the worst, but like, let me ask my own selfish question since a lot of us are getting home. Sure. Yeah. If the turnovers slow down and the touchdown trend continues and the bills turn it around and make the playoffs fairly easily, Josh Allen's got to be most, back in, right? I, I, Especially yeah. with the schedule they're about to have. Yeah. I would think so. I think they would need to do something like run the table yeah. for him to announce. I and, think so, too. Because, and that's what you said, nobody's running away with it. The year that Lamar won MVP, he had a couple of games where he had those moments, like MVP moments you can point back to. Yeah. So if Josh Allen, over this next three weeks, right stretch, on your phone? I have but, numbers. Can you, you just want? give Allen's you touchdown to interception this year? A 22 and 12. If he finishes with 40 touchdowns yeah. and 15 picks. He's averaged anywhere from 34 to 36 the and, last year. keep in mind, that's passing touchdowns yeah. alone. If, if he hit, that's not rushing If ones. he hits 36 touchdowns and that 12 simply just goes to like 15 and they make they they come back and win the East. I think basically who if you lead the league Obviously in we're doing touchdowns. What now, but, yeah, yeah, if you lead the league in touchdowns, I feel like you should at least be considered. Like You, you should, should be in the running. You should be in the running. We are talking about midseason awards, yes. so sure. I I would say right now I would say Lamar and Hertz are the two top ones. I, I think I think Mahomes should be in that conversation as well. I know he just maybe lost it's to fatigue. the Eagles. Maybe it's Mahomes fatigue, and, too. and it definitely could be some yeah. of that. Like yeah. I don't necessarily think that he should win the MVP every year, but you could make a case for him every single it's year. Like, it's like it's like Shohei Otani. One outlier baseball that we haven't talked about, and I think it's because we value everyone else on the team so much. 
Tua Tagovailoa. Well, that's yeah. funny you say that. When I just looked up the NFL MVP standings, this was from week six, but he was the number. He was top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Tua belongs in the conversation, and he's obviously that team's also loaded. Like the problem is, he's got a second candidate on his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that takes away the votes. That might have been right before the Eagles game too. Maybe, yeah. It um, takes the votes away though. When your when your wide receivers dominate, exactly. Yeah. When your wide receivers doing record breaking things. Yep. It's going to be hard for you to win the award unless the offense itself is completely revolutionary and record breaking as well. Everyone yeah, it, okay it's, with it's really Lamar? Like a, I my my pick is Lamar at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Lamar. Yeah, I like. I don't think anybody loves anybody. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Lamar and Jalen are one A one B. Yeah, Brock Purdy uh, two. <laughs> yeah, okay, but most efficient in the NFL. Well, that was Allen. Perfect quarterback rating. I thought Allen was most efficient. No, if you looked at, if we really got stat nerdy, uh, let's we could get let's in get it. a little. Yeah. <laughs> we get in no, we're not going to get in it. We're going to try to get people yeah, out here. Go. How well do you know your division? And then we'll wrap it up so you guys can go have a great Thanksgiving. Still in the lead, twenty-seven and seven. Myself, what's it, what's it like up there? It's interesting. It's bright. It's hot. You feel the heat, but heavy is the crown. <laughs> David, twenty-five and ten. Johnny, twenty and fourteen. And what's it like in the basement? We're just it's winning record. treading water right it's now. We are like the AFC East, winning records from top to yeah. bottom. We're yeah. treading water. Logan, We're AFC North, sorry. Logan, as always, starts us off. One so, week I won't. Just take my word for <laughs> I don't that. think you started last week. I start every week. Oh, he starts I every week. Always, I sw- He's always last. I know, but I think you you my, Yeah, week. you might have rattled him off first last week. Oh, I could. Typically. Yeah. Good friend. Yeah. <laughs> 17 and 16. Give me the North. Give me... The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't have much confidence oh, in Jake yeah. Browning. Oh, that's Duh. right. Duh. Burrow's out. <laughs> I know they got rid of their coach, the but I just, I don't, until Jake Browning goes and beats Pittsburgh, show it to me. So, got it. Yeah, like Steelers TJ over Bengals. Give the Browns at the Broncos. The Broncos are the hottest team in football right now. Very, they look, look really good. I won't say very good. They look good. They're getting it done. They're getting it done. I think I will go with the Broncos in that one. Also, tough, I, tough for me, but I think in Denver is a hard place to play. Yeah. I love the Broncos blue jerseys. I hate the orange jerseys. I want them to wear the blue jerseys. You I, love the or- I love the orange jerseys. Which blue ones, though? The ones they wore on Sunday night. The, the dark ones. Like the, the Tim Terrell Tebow Davis era. Yeah. Yeah. Tim yeah. Tebow era ones? Yeah. Not the Elway blue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to just sit and pick your brain one day because I'm pretty sure your takes on jerseys are the exact inverse of this all This is mine. the rivalry we're <laughs> like, creating. Like <laughs> you, you put something out. I think it was the Cardinals jerseys the other oh, day. I know. I, know. I, was, I, was, I hate those old Cardinals jerseys. I'm 100% with Logan on that one. The, That's fine. The all white ones are way clearer. I don't, I'm not like a fan of the other one, but I just, the all white is just boring to me. So I, that's why I went that way. But. As as no one listening to this knows what the heck we're talking about, but <laughs> I can give you a good Twitter follow if you want one. Find me. Um, <laughs> last one: Ravens at Chargers Sunday Night Football. Give me the Ravens. Okay. I have to pick them. Chargers. Chargers defense is not bad. looking good. Lost to the Packers over the weekend. That game was in Green Bay. But it's going to put the Chargers at four and seven. That's in prime time too. Yeah, it's going to be a primetime game. I, I'm curious so, to see how they'll adjust to no Mark Andrews, the Ravens. It's um, a must win for the but, Chargers. And well, hold kind on. of a must win for the Ravens, too. The Browns are right on them. You guys are teeing up my point perfectly. Before I <laughs> give my mic back for today, the Ravens' schedule over the next, the final stretch here, at Chargers Sunday night, home against the Rams after a bye week, December 10th. They, they're home against the Rams. At the Jaguars, at the 49ers, 
Home against the Dolphins. Steelers, January 7th. Close Ooh, regular season. Not easy. Ooh. So the Bills, Ravens, and Eagles all have a tough stretch in this. Like, it's, it's, we're going to find out which AFC teams, and I guess NFC, yeah. conversely, which teams truly are good this year because they're all kind of matching up with each other here late. All right, from last to first, I'll go next. Dolphins over Jets. Giants over Patriots. Eagles over Bills. Ooh. Uh, the reason I say that, when I first knew this game was coming up, I actually thought it was after the bye, and I thought, man, great spot. Let's get healthy. Let let Joe Brady work the off the new offense he wants, and let's come out and show everyone the new and improved Bills and the healthy Bills. It's the game. Obviously, it's this weekend, so it's the game before the bye. Not quite ready for to go to Philadelphia and, and look like the old Bills just yet. One more loss before we get right. Give me the Eagles. That game Sunday at one o'clock. Four. Four o'clock. Any of y'all going? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in Buffalo for the Bills and Patriots as I always am. That's pretty cool. Oh. Any so. chance to root against those <laughs> cheaters up north? <laughs> so for me, yeah, that's Dolphins, Giants always over the Patriots. And the Eagles. One more loss before we get right for good. <laughs> before Josh Allen starts his MVP run. That's where it starts. Keep an yeah, eye on it. I'm just it'll saying. It'll be a tight game, but that's where it starts. And also, good, great quarterback matchup. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yep. Good game. Let's talk NFC East, guys. As always, David and Johnny are resident NFC East fans. Go back and forth here a little bit with each game so that we, for record purposes, so we're not teeing off each other's picks. Start with Commanders at Cowboys. You want to go or you want me to go? I'll just Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Easy one there. Well, hold on real quick. I'm, and I know we've been running a little bit long, but I was thinking back to this, like getting ready for today. You guys both picked the Commanders, like no problem. I know. Over the yeah. Giants. I, I yeah. picked the Commanders we over the Giants. We should talk about that. that was I, easy. I, picked, I picked the Commanders over the Giants both times, and uh, both times failed. I'm glad Logan brought it up, though. Being on the border, a lot of Giants fans around here. Mm-hmm. Probably w- wish we talked about them a little more. Tommy DeVito. Obviously wish we could. They're not in a great place this year. But what happened last weekend? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> not watch the just, game. They're kryptonite. There's just some yeah, teams just out there. Divisional. You, it's the NFC East Divisional. Well, anything like, can happen for, in those divisional yeah, matchups. Like the, the, com- the Commanders give the Eagles a very, very hard time every time, and the Giants... Beat the Commanders every time. Yeah, it's NFC East. That's that's I mean, how. Does we anybody roll. know? Was it a Tommy DeVito sighting, or was it Barkley? Was it uh, Barkley did go off? I, have I think Barkley had team. two. I think he had two receiving. I saw touchdowns. the great catch in the corner and, and of the end zone. And yeah, DeVito's stats were pretty good above right. average. Let's, so. let's watch and see. All right, uh, Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Give me them. Can't do it on the holiday. Even though, as much as I love the tradi- the Thanksgiving Cowboys Day tradition, it makes my holiday so very stressful. <laughs> Um, and I'll kick off with the, the next one by saying, I don't oh, know. Wow. I, I don't know. Give Talking me, Patriots, Giants. Yeah. Patriots here. Okay. I'm going to, I think Bill Belichick gives Tommy DeVito a hard time. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that is unfortunately a not, a, not a choice. <laughs> Flip a coin. I'll go. Mm. How well do you know your division? <laughs> you were I, talking about your lead last week. I, and I and I immediately follow it up by saying it's going to come back on me, I because it's just this, that's how it works. While but, you while you think, Tommy DeVito, eighteen for twenty six, two hundred forty six yards and three touchdown passes. Wow. Sam Howell, two hundred fifty five yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. That was okay. the difference last week. Okay. Is, is Bailey Zappi starting for the Giants or Patriots? I don't know who's starting. I, I would. Assume it's I would. Mac. Ex- I, I bet it'll be Mac. Okay. I think it's still Mac. Mac yeah. yeah. 
Giants. <laughs> That's, oh, man. I don't know. That was like uh, ripping a Band-Aid off. I was, I was, it looked like it hurt you. Dude. I, was, I, I was like a second away from saying Patriots. I switched my mind at the last. <laughs> Always tougher to cheat on the road so the Patriots could struggle. <laughs> so Bills, it is. Bills at Eagles for you guys. Tough one here. This is me first this time. Yeah. yeah. The B-I-R-D-S. All right. We're on the opposite sides. The B-I-R-D-S. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Ooh. Nice play there. That made me yeah. think. Yeah. I was like, I had to do spelling now. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'll pick the Eagles on that one. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to play catch up a little game. bit. I want uh, give me Bills. Okay. Just to, I, I, I'm well, just, you that's just need me. It. That's me just trying to play I, catch I up on I don't it. necessarily, <laughs> like, I feel very good about the Eagles being 9-1 and finding a way to win. I don't feel very, feel very good about how it happened last night. So yeah. I'm yeah. just like, Ugh. it depends on which. If you get if you get MVP level Josh Allen, it's going to be a long yeah. day for the so Eagles. We, if it's three pick, Josh Allen shows up. It's going to be a long day. And for it the could Bills. very well be MVP Josh Allen and MVP Jalen Hurts, and it could be a shootout. And who the heck knows what happens? That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah. Be, I, would I would be like invested that. in be that one. Like that one for Johnny though. You kind of need it. Uh, well, yeah. it's funny you say that because after this three and a week I'm about to put out, <laughs> I will be freshly and squarely on your tail. <laughs> okay. So just we'll know I'm coming right. um, real quick. <laughs> I know we have to get everybody out of here. Last, last thing I wanted to talk about. Can yeah. we talk about the Thanksgiving day slate? Yeah. 1230. So, we get lions Packers should be a good game. Four o'clock slate Cowboys commanders yep. and the night game. NFC West, 49ers, Niners, Seahawks. Seahawks. Three good matchups, honestly. Three good divisional matchups. Worst game, Dallas Commanders. Best game, Niners, Seahawks for me. That's And that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it is not being a fan of any of those teams that traditionally play every year on Thanksgiving. Like you're growing up and you're like, oh, well, why don't they ever switch it up? Well, it's just the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. Yep. The Cowboys always mm-hmm. play on Thanksgiving, which is fine. Put, give me a marquee matchup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Commanders, I know maybe their expectations were higher, no, but yeah. like 430, like I don't even want to watch that game. And if you're a Cowboys fan, sure, you're going to turn it on and you're going to watch it and you'll probably love it. But it's just I like hope. schedule <laughs> schedule Cowboys-Eagles. Wasn't that Thanksgiving last year? It wasn't last year, but no, it, was, it, it was on Christmas Eve last year. Christmas yeah. Eve, that's when but, it was. But, but like, like they've... they've Eagles-Cowboys have had some really awesome things. We've games had Cowboys-Bills recently. Yeah. Give us something. Yeah, yeah. but like the, the night game typically has been pretty good. And, it doesn't, ha- and yeah. it doesn't have to be division opponents. It's just like a unique game. And now that the Lions are good, we can like, you know, I have wish, a good game there. I wish yeah. it was... That, that <laughs> should be exciting this year just because of this story that yeah. they've yeah. been. I, I would enjoy it, watching the Lions because they're not pushover. I wish it was Lions-Vikings instead of Lions-Packers. Yeah. But hey, the Packers won last week. Who yeah. knows? Anything I, can happen. Yeah, I don't People, know much they'll, about they'll all show out for Thanksgiving too considering where the Lions are at. Yeah. yeah. Most competitive, probably Niners-Seahawks at night. I guess. Better. Yeah. Seahawks kind of killed that game a little bit with the loss. Packers make this competitive against the Lions? I think they could. It's Thanksgiving. You never know, right? Yep. I never know. Well, we hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Real quick, what's your favorite Thanksgiving Day food? Stuffing. Turkey. Corn. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Ooh, mashed potatoes are good. Corn yeah. on the cob? Corn. <laughs> I lo- I, I, it's, a, it, it, it's a square pick. I love I love the turkey. I just gravy all over it. You I mean, ever, give me that all day. Rolls. You've had it before. I like rolls. Good. I love um, stuffing. You've had uh, fried turkey, like deep fried. Yeah. My Delicious. my brother in law did. We went to Pit. My brother in law oh, lives in Pittsburgh. And he my, did a deep fried turkey one time. My family's going to enjoy this answer. Green beans. It's an inside joke from my I was in preschool. <laughs> so okay. But uh, 
did deep fried turkey. So we do them. We used to do them the day after Thanksgiving, but now we do them on Thanksgiving. Also, I think I, my dad cooks them all up for like the whole family. Yeah. Injects them with uh, Texas Pete hot sauce. Wow. Delicious. And if you've never had a deep fried turkey, you need to try it. So there's a random one. Anyone else got anything random on their family's menus that nobody really. I don't know. Do you guys have mac standard? and cheese on Thanksgiving? I do not know. <laughs> we have like whole, homemade mac and cheese. That is not a Thanksgiving meal. It's not. That sh- I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I guess I'm sort of laughing at you, but it's out of love because it was, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Corn? Rolls, <laughs> green beans, and mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. It's like it's not like you were like sauerkraut or something yeah. like that. Pumpkin pie or apple pie? Apple. Apple. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. But I've come around on apple pie. <laughs> Pumpkin's so overrated. Apple. Yeah, I think we've gone long enough today. <laughs> yeah. We'll happy, see happy everyone next week at our original time Friday. Check us out on the website. Of course, go out and support the community. Check out the playoff games. Waverly, Tioga will be in Cicero, North Syracuse. Get out there if you can on Friday, either at 3 p.m., Saturday at noon. And, of course, support these guys. Get yourself a copy of the Daily Review, a copy of the Morning Times. Subscribe if you haven't. And, again, have a great Thanksgiving. We love having you guys listen to us. And we'll be back next Friday. See you then. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Whoa! (laughs) Go ahead, David. Say it again. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from the Morning Times Daily Review (sighs) and the Football Friday The rivalry is so big now that they're trying to beat each other to say Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) I didn't want this rivalry. Logan's making it happen. It's not a rivalry. We're all companions here. (laughs) Well, that's true. Just stop laughing at me. One of us is in first place, and it's neither of you, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. See ya.